Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook. Next family, it's great to see all of you. I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. And if you're a green suitor, um, I'm, I hope you took your height, weight, and APFT maybe last month before Thanksgiving, because I now have about a five-pound food baby that I'm going to just continue to grow, and then in January ask for forgiveness, and then repent, and, and then go on a fast. Uh, today we kick off our new sermon series to prepare us for Christmas, and it's called Promise Fulfilled. The promise obviously is Jesus. And for the next ongoing weeks, we're going to be looking at different aspects of preparing for his coming. Our scripture we're going to be looking at this morning is Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. And in this text, God, through the apostle Matthew, is telling us that we need to be prepared for Christ's second coming. As believers, we know that Christ came the first time, which we celebrate in Christmas, and he's going to come back again for his second coming. So we as believers in Jesus need to be prepared. So read along with me, Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in a field. One will be taken and one left. And two women will be grinding at the meal, and one will be taken, and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not let his house be broken into. Therefore, You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming, and an hour you do not expect. Let's pray. Father God, as we continue to worship by diving into your holy scripture, I pray that you would protect me from preaching anything that is not your truth. We come here to glorify, to worship, and to be further changed by Jesus himself. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you know, Chapel Next, we're we're a contemporary service that has a mixture of some uh, traditional elements. And one of the elements that we're incorporating during this preparing for Christmas is the Advent wreath. Now, who here has ever heard of the Advent wreath? Raise your hand. Okay, so half of you. And the other half is like, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, An Advent wreath, bottom line, it, it just, it's a countdown until Christmas. And so each week there's a different scripture reading and we light a different candle until the glorious day of Christmas. And between now and Christmas, I, I love this time of year. I love this time of year because as a military guy, things here at the 3ID actually kind of slow down. You can actually catch your breath and spend some quality time, Lord willing, with your family and friends. But also as a believer, it's a perfect time to slow down and to realize 
our God loves us so much that he put into action his plan of salvation by sending us his only son, Jesus Christ. And so today, as far as being the promise fulfilled with our sermon series, we're really going to look at promise anticipation. We're anticipating the arrival of Jesus, the Christ. So my main point of this sermon, my friends, is this. Because of the promise of Jesus Christ, Christians must be ready for his arrival. Because of the promise of Jesus Christ, Christians must be ready for his arrival. And we're going to look at the promise of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the promise anticipation. And then we're going to look at the applications. So let's look at the promise of Jesus Christ. Now, time out. You might be saying, okay, Oliver, you keep on repeating Jesus Christ. Why are you doing that? I'm doing that intentionally. Because Jesus' name describes who he is. Jesus is derivative from the Hebrew word Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And Christ means the promised ordained king. His name says it all. And his first coming, we know our friends, the Jews, thought the Christ was coming. And they expected the all-powerful king. Jesus is the all-powerful king, but he came foremost as Jesus, the Lord saves. Look, flip in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. In this text, Isaiah the prophet is prophesying the coming of Jesus Christ. Flip to chapter 9 and look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Flip to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Friends, the Old Testament prophesies about the coming of Jesus Christ, and the New Testament reveals he has come. Our God delivers on what he says he's going to do. So that's the first coming. That's why we celebrate Easter. But friends, Jesus is coming back. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 31. Matthew 24, verses 29 through 31 says this. 
Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. By the way, in Scripture, Jesus often refers to himself as the Son of Man. So he's identifying himself. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect, meaning they will gather people who believe in him from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Flip to the right to Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Acts chapters 1, I'm sorry, verses 9 through 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. This is when Jesus is ascending, has ascended into heaven. And when they had heard these things, and as they were looking on, he was lifted up. Jesus was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, two angels, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Friends, Jesus Christ came the first time, and in the foremount of, of Christmas when he came, he came foremost as Jesus, as Savior, as the Messiah. And we right now, between Christ's first coming and his second coming, are in the age of grace. And when he comes back the second time, He's coming back in full flaming royalty. He's coming back as the Christ, the promised king. And so we have this, we know this promise, but we, we have this anticipation. Uh, as a kid, in my teenage years, I was involved in the Boy Scouts. And I was trucking along, I was in with a great scout troop every, every it was like the army. I mean, every month we went camping, regardless of what time of year it was. And a matter of fact, all my scout leaders were previous military people. But about the rank of, of star, life, Eagle Scout, I started getting tired of scouting because I had found a new passion. Uh, my best friend in the neighborhood, his father was a commercial airline pilot and they had a small plane and they would take me flying and I got addicted and I really wanted to become a pilot. But my parents wanted me to really finish up scouting and so they said, Michael, we'll make a deal with you. Get Eagle Scout, and then once you do that, you can go take flying lessons. And so I trugged along in scouting, knowing that the promise of being able to take flying lessons would happen. And just that, that anticipation, that angst of, man, I, I just, I can't wait to get there. Friends, when we anticipate about Jesus coming, do we see it as we can't wait for him to come again, or do we see it as an interruption to our lives? I don't know about you, but I can't wait for him to get here. And so let's look at the second area, the promise anticipation. Look at Matthew 24, verse 36. It says this, But coming that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father 
only. Think about, we had just finished a sermon series on all the covenants of how God had revealed himself to different people and calling different people to himself in a relationship through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And then think about how they knew that the Christ was coming, that Jesus was coming, but most of the time Jesus didn't come in their lifetime. And so they had to wait for a long time until Jesus was finally born. Historians grapple that between the time of Abraham to the time of Jesus' birth was 2,000 years. And now as we project towards Christ's second coming, it's already been close to 2,000 years between Jesus' birth and the present time. But all throughout Scripture tells us we are to be ready. Look at verses 37 through 39. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And then they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Friends, Scripture is very clear that only only God knows in his infinite wisdom when Jesus is going to come back. And we're going to continue to just do our normal daily routine. Get up, go to PT, work, maybe deploy, maybe not deploy, have children, have, uh, celebrate, and then all of a sudden, boof, he's going to show up. My question to you and to me is do we daily have that anticipation that Jesus could come at any moment. Let's look at the promise applications. And there's two areas I want us to focus on. One, God-related applications, and then two, humanity-related applications. Let's look at the God-related applications. What have we learned about Christ's first coming and his second coming? Well, one thing I want to highlight from the context of the scripture is acknowledge God's glory. Think about being one of those shepherds in the middle of the fields at night and it's pitch quiet and you're just casually trying to make sure nothing gets to your sheep and then all of a sudden host of heaven shows up and worships God. Why did that happen? For God's glory. Why did Jesus come the first time? For God's glory. Why is he coming again? For God's glory. Jesus does everything to bring glory to God, and he is God. We should be people created in the image of God who always seek to bring him glory. Not only are we to acknowledge God's glory, when we think about Jesus coming the first time and then Jesus coming the second time, we have to acknowledge God's sovereignty. Sovereignty is just a fancy word saying that God has righteous rule over everything in creation. It's his timetable when he does or does not do things. He's in control. We are not. And I don't know about you, but I suffer from, from a problem. Who here thinks they're in control of their life? A lot of times we'll intellectually say, I'm not. But who here lives like they're in control of their life? Oh, I do. Hi, I'm Michael Oliver, OCD. I'm in control of everything. No, you're not. No, you're not. But I think like I am. 
part of what hinders our relationship with God is quit trying to be God in your own life and acknowledge God is God. He's in control. He is sovereign. So now let's look at humanity-related applications, and I have three for you. The first is we're to be ready. We are to be ready. Look at Matthew 24, verse 44. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Look at verses 40 and 41. Then two men will be in the field, and then one will be taken and one left. And two women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken and one left. Friends, daily we need to struggle well to be ready for Christ's second coming. Not only are we to be ready, because we can get prepared, but we're to be steadfast in our faith. Look at verses 42 through 43. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and it would not let his house be broken into. Not only are we to be ready for Christ's second coming, but we're to be steadfast in our faith. If we just get prepared, but then drift away, we're missing the mark. Stay steadfast in our faith. How do we stay steadfast in our faith? Well, we come and we do corporate worship with one another, with other believers. We get involved in uh, small group discipleship opportunities, whether it be the various Bible studies that we have, or, or PWC. Say, remain steadfast in the faith. We're to be ready, we're to be steadfast, but knowing that Jesus is coming back, we also must be evangelistic. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 through 21. Therefore, we are to be ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are to be evangelistic. We are to share the good news of Jesus to others. Why? Because Jesus came the first time. And we know he's coming in again. And right now we're in the age of grace. But when he comes back, that's when it's final. That's where it's black and white. You're either in the kingdom forever or you're not. And so let's take advantage of this opportunity. Let's right now take advantage of being ambassadors for Christ and sharing the good news of Jesus to other people so that God can continue to draw people from all different race, tribes, tongues, and people to himself in relationship. Because of the promise of Jesus Christ, Christians must be ready for his arrival. We've seen the promise of the Christ. We've seen he came the first time. Foremost is Jesus who saves. And when he comes again, he's going to be the promise ordained king. He will be the Christ. And we've seen the promise anticipation. We saw the first coming took centuries for him to arrive. 
And Jesus could take another 2,000 years to show up, or he could come back right now. We've seen the applications. Acknowledge God does everything for his glory and that he's in control. He is sovereign. And acknowledge on a human level that we are to be ready, we are to be steadfast, and we are to be ambassadors of Christ, people who share the good news of Jesus to others. As this sermon series moves along, we're going to continue to be, get prepared for Christmas. And so next week, we're going to look at the promised forerunners, all those things that took place and people who took place to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Let's pray. Father God, I just praise you for the reality that you did not leave us to our own devices, that you had a plan for salvation, that you loved us so much that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Father, thank you for that reality. And Father, I pray right now that in anticipation, not only of Christmas, of when, but also the anticipation of when Jesus comes again, I pray that we would be men and women who would struggle well to remain ready for his coming. And let us be men and women who share the good news of Jesus to others. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand as we close in worship.